We don't want to wait. Oh, we don't want to wait. <laughs> and Steph has been waiting for a while as uh, as I, Robin, have been <laughs> getting my uh, uh, computer in order. But we are yeah, here. usually it's usually it's my fault with my slow Alabama internet. Yeah, I had some sort of Skype issue, folks. That froze my computer. It was weird. So we are here discussing insurgents, suspect, rush, and prodigal. Okay, so you said that one of these episodes was <laughs> one of. Like a lot of people say is one of the the best episodes of Smallville ever. Yep. Do you I'm going to say Rush. Nope. <laughs> what? No, you might it, Rush is a lot of fun, but uh Insurgents is like uh, I mean Really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's uh it's a huge episode. I mean that that episode gets me very excited. <laughs> I I can't say it's, it's probably my number 1, but uh uh, my friend Derek, he it's, he it's his number one, and uh, I said I, I I actually texted him after I was done. I was like, that is uh, that episode is near perfect, and I believe he just messaged back and just said it is perfect. <laughs> I guess it's like a guy thing because why and the well and these four episodes, there's the thread running, the Lionel thread running through mm-hmm. about you know Lionel and Lex. In competition with each other for this takeover, or I don't even know what it is. Mm-hmm. And this uh, Jonathan being jealous about uh, Martha's job yep. with Lionel. I don't know. It's just, it's very mainly. Everybody in, yeah, it's chess. Uh, everybody is like in the middle of this Luther family, uh, you know. Squabble, <laughs> or you know, whatever game of chess uh, between uh, Lionel and Lex. But um, no, Insurgents is just—I don't know. It's it's exciting. Um, Clark does something you've never seen him do before. You get to see the Daily Planet for the first time. Uh, yeah, and, and there's just that one huge like leap that Clark does that is just—I don't know. You know. You're you're worried for him. You're you're afraid for him. Like holy cow, look at him! You know, like oh man, this is like Clark Kent, like doing super heroics in Metropolis for the you know like the first time. I mean, granted, this is kind of recycled from Jitters, and even the showrunners kind of admitted a little bit of like, yeah, we've we've done the hostage thing, and you know, Clark having to save everybody, but and. You know, and how it ends up being like a, a I mean, the the episode ends with like Lex again staring jealously at the Kents <laughs> embracing each other, you know. Um, but I don't know. It just it's so much better. <laughs> I hope you thought it was at least better than Jitters because you didn't like Jitters. Oh, yeah. Jitters, Jitters is probably the worst episode of the show. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, Insurgents was fine. And, and <laughs> oh, my gosh, the like the the. You know, the role that Martha takes in the whole thing and trying to protect her son as well as, like, trying to help out. Being pulled in between Uh uh, Lionel and Jonathan, her husband. And, yeah, I mean, I can, can, you know, as a working mom, I can totally relate. But, you know. You know, 
she's she doesn't like waver. Like she's just like, yeah, no, I can't do that. Sorry. <laughs> and that watch, I mean, come on, Lionel. Yeah. I mean, I, I was afraid that it was going to be really bad. Uh, you know, Lionel was going to, like, fall in love mm-hmm. with Martha and it was going to be icky. But, I mean, th- the way they're handling it so far is not is, – it's uh, interesting. Yeah. Because you don't – I mean, I don't know if he has romantic feelings for her. And also, skipping ahead, can he see at this point? <laughs> Uh, yeah, he says in uh, what, what episode was it? The last one. My brain's blank after all this computer issues. Uh, uh, prodigal, prodigal that uh, uh-huh. he's been able to see for the last couple of weeks. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's good that we know that in discussing these episodes because we can think about what Lionel's been a part of all this time. And to me, I don't think he can see an insurgents because. Like of the file, the files. Like Martha yeah. notices the files and and is like whatever, and then she pockets the 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 key and all that. And, and mm-hmm. I mean, the only thing that makes me think that perhaps Lionel's vision is coming back is the fact that he shoots that shoots the guy in the end. And um, it's uh, so you know he. I mean, he could be excused that he might have known that he was in front of him, but I mean, to shoot and not worry about like hitting anybody else, like Martha. Mm-hmm. Martha's right there. Um. So um, I don't know. It, it is. Uh, oh, I, I wrote in my notes here that um, it's kind of funny that it is almost like jitters, uh, and the fact that Jonathan Ken actually references jitters at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> Or he's like, oh, yeah, I want, your mother and I are going to do a picnic locally for our anniversary this year. And, uh, we, you know, we know what happened last time we left town. <laughs> uh, yeah. Cause, well, Clark says, why don't you go out of town for your anniversary, Dad? <laughs> and he said, he said, because last time we went out of town, somebody threw a party. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, um, gosh, I totally lost my train of thought. Uh <laughs> Uh, behind the curtains, my wife just like walked in and out of here. I'm like, uh, what's going on? Oh, okay. Um, yeah, it throws you off. Totally throws me. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Uh, I okay. Well, at the top of my notes here, uh, the writer Kenneth Biller he wrote this with Jeff Loeb, and uh, he says this is one of the proudest moments of his TV career. And he says sometimes you write a script and it. Doesn't come out as well as you planned, but in this case, it came out way better. <laughs> so, um, uh, interesting thing: the teaser is uh, Lex tearing apart the mansion, trying to find bugs, and mm-hmm. uh, that's actually—I uh, don't know if it's a direct homage, but it's pretty reminiscent of uh, the conversation. You ever seen that movie? No, but I want to. With Gene, Hackman. I think I've like. Yeah, I think I've like DVR'd it before and never got around to watching it. And then it's my good. DVR broke and all that good stuff. It's one yeah. of those great 70s movies. Like, you know, all right, you just gotta, mm-hmm. I guess you got to kind of be in the mood to watch it. But uh, yeah, it stars Gene Hackman, who, of course, went on to play Lex Luthor. Ah. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but I like that whole thing where 
Clark just happens to spot one in the stereo and, and Lex goes ahead and smashes the stereo, which is like, you know, we're looking from the stereo out and he smashes the camera and it cuts to static and then goes to the theme song. Which I yeah, thought was that was cool great. Open it. Yeah. I mean, that's how devious your father is listening to your conversations. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's, and, you know, who knows, might be seeing it as well. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But oh yeah, I know what we were talking about. Is can Lionel see at this point? So, so Martha goes after the file that says Clark Kent on it, and he actually doesn't like flinch at all until uh, Pine, the lead guy, tells Martha to pick up those files. That's when Lionel's like, ooh, ooh, you know, he actually has a reaction to that because mm-hmm. you know he knows that Clark's Clark's files in there. Um, one of the greatest mysteries of Smallville, and one I don't think ever gets resolved, <laughs> is how Lionel gets his hands on that key. <laughs> how did that key get from whirling off the tornado at the end of season one off the ship, separating from the ship, and ended up somehow in Lionel's vault? <laughs> mm. So or I don't know. Yeah, exactly. It just, it, it just does. It's just <laughs> plot convenience. Um, so yeah, I just, I don't know. This, this episode is exciting. I mean, Lex does this whole thing where he's just, he's a, well, I'm going to bug my dad, you know? And then it turns out that the people that he sends up, you know, the usual uh, professionals, Metropolis aren't exactly uh, professionals this time. Uh, these aren't the top guys, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't do your, this is the one where. Oh, well, I, this is the one where they go to Metropolis. <laughs> I wrote. I wrote. This is the one where Clark jumps from one building to another to save Martha. <laughs> uh, I just like to use those, like uh, you know, if you if you're sort of familiar with the episode, it's that one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, um, okay, let's talk about the. Uh, the people, the professionals he hired. I don't know any of these people <laughs> I, uh, except the guy with the frosted tips. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the actors, you mean? Uh-huh. Yeah. Isn't that Colin Cunningham? He's from Falling Skies. Falling Skies. Yes, he was Pope. Yeah. He was great mm-hmm. on Falling Skies. Yeah. He's a great foil. He didn't really stand out in this episode too much. No, he didn't have much to do. <laughs> I thought like the girl, uh, the female didn't have much to do. Yeah, I thought I knew Pine from somewhere else. The guy who the guy who like do, yeah. does mutiny. Uh, but I and looked then the at his credits that, and I didn't see anything. I was like, maybe I just know him from this episode. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't. I mean, I can't think of anything else i mean he's very good yeah and the first guy that they that uh that mr green is talking to on the phone yeah kern mr green is it kern he uh, he seems very familiar i've probably seen him in things yeah uh, yeah i've looked at everybody's imdb if it didn't stick out to me i didn't write it down so i really didn't have anything for this one for imdb credits um but uh I don't know. It's just exciting. It's like Lex playing these games and then, unfortunately, getting in over his head. And Mm -hmm. it's just um, – the only part of this episode where I'm like, okay, (laughs) is that – all right. So um, uh, 
Lionel has the panic button. He presses it. Uh, Kern ends up sh- it, uh, like saying, "Hey, we're not thieves or whatever." And Pine is Pine just shoots him, and uh, Lionel is holding like Martha really close, and Martha is just scared to death, you know. And it's really really tense. And then all of a sudden, we go to the Talon. And it's uh, Mrs. Small talking to Lana about how flighty her husband is. <laughs> like, just from, mm-hmm. like, one scene. It's, and it's like, what, That's true. They're two here? totally... De- <laughs> yeah, we've lost the momentum. Who cares? Yeah. And then we're back to, like, Jonathan and Clark finding out about it. And uh, um, how Clark has to have Jonathan... Tells Jonathan he's going to have to... Because, you know, he, he yelled, yelled at Lex for, like, the last time, you know, about re- refusing the helicopter that Lex was trying to help. Yeah, and it's also okay, so we have the arc of Lionel and Lex's business chess game here Yeah, uh, with these episodes, and we also have this arc of Jonathan being mad at Lex uh-huh. about his dad. Right, <laughs> Like, right. he's taking it, he's totally taking it out on Lex yep. of what Lionel is doing, mm-hmm. and and then um, at the end of the with Prodigal, uh, you know, Jonathan sees Lex differently. We hope. I mean, it, this is yeah. kind of this uh, a, a thing that seems to be going in circles in this show. Yeah, like it doesn't really. He, uh, Jonathan's respect for Lex comes and goes. Yeah, and does it? There's no. Uh, yeah, I love this show to death, but it. but there is a there is a let's let's run this thing around. The house a couple of times, you know, like the Clark. Clark is uh, uh, crappy to Lana. Then he's apologizing to Lana, and then he is so close to being with Lana, and then all of a sudden, you know, it it he screws something else up again and loses her dress, and he's got to start all over again. That's mm-hmm. probably the most like irritating one out of all of them. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the Jonathan not trusting Lex, then trusting Lex, and then accepting him into the family kind of thing is is it does. I, I think it does. It's a it's a bigger circle. It doesn't come around so many times, but mm-hmm. but yeah, it was interesting. It was it was fun seeing Jonathan having to go back to Lex with his hat hat in his hand, and and the the tenseness of uh, Lex knowing what's going on at this moment, and that his wife is in danger because of him. Uh, and then when Jonathan figure, he catches Lex on the phone and is mm-hmm. like, if I find out you had anything to do with this, you know, and I'm not sure how that, how Lex ended up explaining that away in <laughs> future episodes, but Jonathan apparently never asked any more questions, <laughs> but, um, uh, 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 DC character Maggie Sawyer, uh, shows up in this episode um, who is Hi. Maggie Sawyer, uh, the woman detective, uh, the lieutenant there? Oh, okay. Yep, she is the Supergirl character I was referring to in the teases. Do you watch Supergirl at all? Sort of. Sort of. Well, you know, uh, Supergirl's sister's like girlfriend, who's the cop. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, that's Maggie. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this is Smallville's okay. version of Maggie. <laughs> so. Okay. Um, she is from the comics. She's a Metropolis cop. She's the head of the special crimes unit. And around this time in the comics, she's actually, uh, she actually moves to Gotham to take over the major crimes unit in Gotham. 
and develops uh, an intimate relationship with Batwoman. Wrote just a random like crusty cop in this role, like a you know kind of a somebody to yell at Clark. And mm-hmm. Jeff Loeb suggested, "Hey, we're a Metropolis. Let's use a like a DC character." So they put Maggie. Oh, Sawyer that's in. cool. Yeah, yeah. Because Jeff Loeb knows his comics. So anyway, I'm, so we, when we get to Metropolis, though, so exciting to like look up at Luther Corp and then see off to the right there the Daily Planet and have the Daily Planet play a part. In this episode for the first You know the first time in the show Yeah Now when you said we see Clark do something For the first time do you mean jump from building To building Was that an actual tease I gave out I mean Just a while ago I I assume maybe I can't think of anything Off the top of my head what that might have been Clark do something for the first time Hmm. Well There's the whole Superman thing of Superman leaps tall buildings in a single bound. He doesn't actually uh, leap a tall building in a single bound. Like, but when like, he's baby, when he's baby Superman, <laughs> leaps from one to one. Yeah, yeah. And actually, in the oldest oldest Superman comic, Superman never flew. He did. He just leapt from building to building. That's what uh, Morgan was telling me. But it just for animation purposes, they made him fly. Oh, I didn't know if it was for animation purposes. That's cool. Um, so yeah, uh, it's kind of cool in real life. Uh, Luther Corp, the building that plays Luther Corp and the building that plays Daily Planet, the Daily Planet are two buildings, two real buildings next to each other. And, uh, when they were location scouting, I guess, um, Vancouver had this brand new building. I don't know what the name of the building was. Um, for Luther Corp, just like this brand new like glass tower, you know, it just towers way over this tiny uh, Art Deco looking like it looked like it was out of the 30s building, and that particular building, um, Alan Miles had always planned on being the Daily Planet, so it's kind of cool to have, you know, like Luther Corp, just something like, that looked modern next to something that looked classic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay, so. I don't know. Um, I like that we have uh, Clark still worried about heights and he gets a little vertigo before he jumps. Mm-hmm. And just, I don't know. To me, the jump is just amazing. The music. I mean, yeah, it really is. Like, I was on the edge of my seat. I was scared. I was worried for Clark. Yeah. And then just this, like, this slow motion and then just like the music's like, bum, 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 bum. And then when he jumps... Like there's this like I don't know like a chorus of like ah, <laughs> and then he just smashes through the window, slides across the floor, and then we see our boy like turn around and smile like, <laughs> yeah, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. It's just ah, oh, I I I wish I could do that more more justice, but uh, it's definitely like one of those one of the great moments of Smallville. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it It was pretty awesome and handled really well. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. it was something. It was a big moment. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sadie. Sadie agrees. I like that uh, Clark does the uh, the Sam Phelan grab with this uh, with uh, Colin Cunningham there. And he's like, where's my mom? 
<laughs> like I mean, the like, what? You know how in Rogue he like was grabbing, uh, grabbing Sam Phelan and like screaming in his face. Was it where's oh. my dad or don't you hurt my dad or something like that? This one is where's my mom? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, Lionel has a safe full of meteor rock, uh, refined meteor rock. The key, a whole bunch of files on Clark. Pretty interesting. So does huh? Lionel? <laughs> so, so Lex was uh, investigating Clark for a while. Now Lionel is. It sounds like Lionel knows a lot more about Clark than mm. Lex ever figured out. Yeah, I mean, Lex is pretty resourceful, but I be- I bet Lionel is uh, even more resourceful. <laughs> yeah, and he's been on in on it from the beginning, you know, with the adoption. So he must be very much. Like, oh, What's going his on here? <laughs> yeah, his interest was piqued a long time ago. Yeah, but I don't think it was until recently where he's like, wait yeah. a second, what's up with this kid? <laughs> and the whole interest in the caves, all that. Um, yes, yeah, I like how it's just like Martha is like, uh, you know, Clark super speeds in and then like is immediately on the ground and Martha like pushes the the meteor rock into the safe and nearly lops Pine's arm off <laughs> trying to close the door. <laughs> And, uh, you know, it's immediately like she, she pockets the key, tells Clark to burn the files. Like she knows exactly what's, what, what needs to happen. Yeah. She takes charge. So I don't know. Um, and also, okay. So she's ready to quit Luther Corp out of disgust. And it's weird because in like, I think in suspect Lionel is talking about how he thinks that Martha has quit, but like the Kents were like conspiring, like, Oh, maybe Martha should be like in on this like deep cover. <laughs> yeah. I like, I like that the Kents are like being dirty. Now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're like, we got to play dirty. Yeah. The- got to play a little bit of their game, but yeah. very interestingly, the key, um, Clark doesn't know she has it. Jonathan doesn't know if she has it. She hides it in a jar of flour. And uh-huh. there's nothing more said about it. Hmm. <laughs> so. Wonder why she, why did she do that? Uh, <laughs> honestly, I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I, you know, it's, it, it won't be, it won't be hidden for long. Um, so do you have anything yeah, more to say about Okay. That is what's really good about the show. There is a little foreshadowing and you don't have to wait long until yeah. you get the resolution of it. And nothing much is dropped. It's most of the time it continues. Just like um you know, the foreshadowing foreshadowing of Lex asking Clark, don't you want a little? Don't you want an older brother? You know, <laughs> yep. I knew it was coming. <laughs> uh, only only needle drop in this episode is SR seventy one's song tomorrow, which is uh, the song that's like rocking out while uh, like we have that slow motion scene of the Kents like celebrating while Lex is looking on jealously. Well, what about the song that's playing when uh, Lex is destroying his office? The bugs. Oh yeah, I guess I didn't like that song. Yeah, I didn't care for it. It was just, it was just <laughs> it, you could tell it was an uninspired choice. They just wanted some, yeah, it's like, like a yeah. new metal kind of thing. 
Uh, shall we move on to suspects since we've been talking about insurgents? I mean, insurgents to me is like maybe top yeah, 20. I'm not sure. I mean, maybe top 10. I, I can't say it's my number one episode, but. I mean, yeah, it's very well done, but I just, it just didn't mean anything to me. I mean, like, I don't, I don't know. I just didn't, hmm. I wasn't emotionally involved so, with it. So, so you've, you've dismissed uh, one of the big, bigger action episodes and, and one of the more heart-wrenching episodes. I wonder what, what your jam is. What's your jam so far? In my season jam, two, like my red? jam. Red evil my, Clark. Yes, my jam is that red meteorite. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about suspect first. <laughs> okay. Well, what's interesting about insurgents and uh, suspect is it's no no freak of the week. Yeah. No freaks. Just normal everyday evil people. Yeah. Yeah. I it, and that's cool. Like uh, I mean, they mentioned it last season. I forget which episode it was, but they like realized like you know we don't have to do freak of the week. We have characters here to do you know that do things and storylines to move along. It doesn't all have to be serialized, but you know some things come to a head. Like I just kept waiting for the. The explanation, you know, Jonathan got drunk and passed out and did something <laughs> bad. And like, really? Like, what could have caused, what could have possessed him? What could have happened to him to cause him to do something so terrible? So this is suspect. This is the one where Lionel is shot and Jonathan is arrested for it. And just so you know, we're in 2003 now. This was aired uh, January 28th, 2003. Um, it also aired against President Bush's uh, State of the Union address. It was actually one of the only networks to not preempt their programming for the State of the Union. Yeah, I don't think the WB and CW yeah. <laughs> do that. Um, Algo says about uh, this episode that he said, you know, we're not usually like a let's crack the mystery show. You know, like we don't present like a mystery to figure out every week. Is mm-hmm. and they said, "Well, let's take a shot at it." And of course, you know, like every show has to do, they got to do their Rashomon episode. Where, yeah, what if this happened? When you know, seeing things from different people's points of view. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> so, did you call this at all? Like, did you? Figure out that it was Sheriff Ethan the entire time. No, no, when it was Sheriff Ethan, I was shocked. It's so out of the way. It works. It works. And 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 if they just had it where uh, Clark figures it out at the hospital, and they didn't do a flashback to see what pushed Sheriff Ethan to the end, because he is just like the Luthers are a cancer, (laughs) and you're like, "Uh, oh. (laughs) All right. I didn't realize you were that passionately against <laughs> them. And then you see that flashback. You're like, oh, okay. So Lionel's doing his, his shit and, and Ethan is like not having it at all. <laughs> what I still don't get though is the fact that these guys – Ethan and Jonathan have been talking about being friends since high school. And mm-hmm. Ethan could have done – it figured out any sort of like patsy or just – I don't know. There's no security around the Luther Mansion. He could have just walked in, shot him, and left, and then just left it unsolved. Um, why did he set up like like 
his one of his best friends from high school. I mean, what I assumed is one of his best friends. I mean, I guess the bartender was a good friend as well. Yeah, and you would you would have thought that he would pick somebody who it would people would buy it would. Well, I mean, I guess because Jonathan he just, doesn't like Lionel yeah, he's got and the is motive. jealous. He's got motive because of that, but you would think that they would find somebody less um Moral, less. Yeah. Uh, so, like, well, let's get rid of this. Let's get rid of this. Uh, you know, some sort of like transient in town. You know, like yeah, that our, nobody cares about. Yeah, like a like a, an actual drunken town. And also the like the bartender's in on it, but he's talking about how he could get into trouble uh, for selling Jonathan that bottle, like lose his liquor license. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just didn't get why he decided to go along with it either. <laughs> I might have missed something, but um, yeah, it does. It's, it's fine. It doesn't matter. I mean, just seeing the flashbacks and wondering, you know, waiting for the, you know, where is the uh, the supernatural element coming in. <laughs> And it never comes. Who's so the freak that's, that killed him yeah. with mind bullets or something? <laughs> um, uh, two casting notes I have here. The doctor is played by Barclay Hope, who played Clifford Blossom on Riverdale, another Riverdale cast member. Mm. He's playing a minor role here. And the bartender, he might look familiar, uh, is played by Eric Keenly Side, who... Uh, some folks might know as uh, Belle's father, Maurice, on Once Upon a Time, but uh, we saw we've talked about him on this show before. Uh, in our coverage of Hellcats, he was Bob Overton. He was uh, like a crooked realtor, was it? That uh, Alley and Company were trying to take down. <laughs> Forget. He was some sort of like sleazy like guy. Like he, I remember he had like a, par- like a party in his office or he was at a party. Oh, yeah. Something about that. He had to sneak out the window or something. The cheerleader. Yeah. Yeah. But the cheerleaders came to. <laughs> oh, yeah. They, they had the to do some sort of like uh, skeezy. Performance like, in his yeah. office. Uh, yeah. He's the worst. Or at least he plays characters that are terrible. <laughs> Although I remember Maurice in Once Upon a Time was a nice guy. So. Um. First thing I wrote here for this episode is Whenever there's thunder, lightning, and opera Nothing as good is about to happen (laughs) (laughs) When there's thunder Oh, thunder, lightning, and opera Yep (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And honestly Didn't it look like Lytle got like shot right through the heart? Yeah, I was like Dang Lionel's a tough old bastard Yeah like shot through the shoulder all this. is one thing, but he got shot like right in the middle of the chest. Uh, and um, yeah, I just mentioned the security is again the worst in this mansion. <laughs> <laughs> but he just, you know, in the finale and premiere of this season, he got over the um, injuries yeah. and being blind, uh-huh. and then got shot. And- it's, it's funny you call him a tough old bastard because there's a nickname for him that uh, was started around this time. Uh, many people in the uh, fan community called uh, Lionel the Magnificent Bastard. He's a magnificent bastard. <laughs> ah, <laughs> just because he's just he so 
he's a bastard and he you just enjoy him yes being a bastard yeah, yeah. totally get it <sighs> um so jonathan wakes up in his truck i'm not trying to do this all in chronological order but i have some trivia here Jonathan mm-hmm. wakes up in his truck with a liquor and liquor and a gun. He's arrested uh, by Sheriff Ethan there, uh, and uh, there was a big interview in the My Smallville Guide with Mitchell Kosterman, who plays Sheriff Ethan, who said uh, rain towers are actually much worse than actual storms, <laughs> uh, and that you might as well have a fire hose pointed at your face when they have those rain <laughs> towers on because it's not only just the rain coming down. But to make it look extra gusty, they have like a giant fan blowing it around. Um, he says it was easier for him because he had a hat. Uh, but whenever uh, John Schneider talked and tried to do a line, <laughs> his voice would be garbled because of the water. <laughs> so there's some ADR there. Uh, and uh, he said, after we were done, uh, I heard a knock on my trailer door. Waiting outside was John Schneider with a fine bottle of scotch to warm us up. <laughs> <laughs> Man, could you imagine sitting back and drinking scotch with John Snyder? I would stomach scotch to do that. <laughs> oh, man. That's cool. Uh, yeah. Um, so we see the wild coyote again, uh, which uh, was the bar in red. Oh, really? Yep. Same bar. And it was just very crowded in the other episode. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is an actual bar in Vancouver. Um, and I looked it up. It's more of a, like a university club with like a dance floor and a catwalk. Uh, I wrote more like the bronze than a hick bar, which is what it seems to be in this, in this show. So, uh, and we have the return of Jason Connery as Dominic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Poor thing. <laughs> Uh, Didn't get his father's looks or his <laughs> talent. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's fine. He's fine. He's just okay. Fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so he's pretty much here, so we can go. Oh, it's it's got to be him. It's got to be him. Yeah, the red herring. Yeah. Um, and when we're at the hospital. Um, oh God. Jonathan, sorry, blah, 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 blah. Dominic, Dominic, <laughs> Dominic points the finger at Lex, but I, I skipped over this because, uh, this, but this is great. Um, Lana actually is a witness to Jonathan and Lionel arguing and Lionel says, hey, a watch for me is like a Whit- Whitman sampler from you. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just a oh, slap in the face. Uh, so there's oh, it's kind of like oh, your kids are cute. You have a cute life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the bartender said to John Jonathan Kent got uh, very drunk and super pissed off about this whole experience, and uh, they the I think the doctor or, or oh it was probably Sheriff Ethan. Sheriff Ethan says that Jonathan had a blood alcohol level of two point <laughs> which. To achieve this, Jonathan would have had to drink about 133 drinks uh, in a couple hours, which very likely would kill him. Wow. <laughs> uh, the trivia here says what they probably meant to say was he blew a point two, which is about mm. the equivalent of 13 drinks. <laughs> mm. Or like, you know, that bottle or whatever. 
what else? I thought it was interesting that Jonathan is thrown in prison for uh, you know the murder or not the murder, but the attempted murder of Lionel Luther. And uh, Chloe is like putting a front page article in the school newspaper about it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, really? <laughs> She's just anything to get the attention of the Daily Planet. Yeah. Like, Look at all these hard-hitting stories I'm doing. <laughs> uh, trivia actually pointed out, like, hey, if you notice in the scene, Chloe's got pink streaks in her hair, which is uh, a bit of what she wore in uh, Rush. But she had more, like, mm-hmm. black, stri- black streaks. Uh-huh. Yeah, so. Uh, these might have been filmed out of order. I don't know. Yeah, could have been. Um, there's there's more kind of like who cares stuff about Henry. <laughs> Henry Henry's got to get his groove back, and Lana just says, "Hey, you got to get your groove back," and he does, and that's pretty much Henry's arc <laughs> in this episode. I'm just like, who cares? Um. But he has children in boarding school that he doesn't pay any attention to, and his wife is trying to tell Anna to to back off that yeah. you're going to be disappointed. But maybe he would do better with a grown child. Maybe he can't relate to children, mm-hmm. and he would do better with uh, somebody like Lana. Right. Uh, what else? Um so a tractor trailer knocks Pete off the road and they, they said that they uh, the little jump they did there was very much an homage to the Dukes of Hazard because <laughs> it's just a slow motion jump of Pete's Pete's Firebird. And uh, the trucker gets out and like shoots the gas tank, which blows the whole thing up. That's really yeah. funny because he's got this orange Firebird and in the very next episode, he's got a blue Firebird. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, he had insurance. He just got a new one. <laughs> he's got a brand new Firebird. I love I love those Camaras. <laughs> Is it Camaras, Firebird? I don't know. I think it's a Camara. I, I have, I'm terrible. I don't know cars. You don't know cars? I work for – oh, gosh. Uh, I work for a car magazine that I should know. <laughs> I just do their IT stuff. I'm not, I'm not asked to know what it, the difference is between a Ford and a Chevy, and I have no idea what a Hemi is. <laughs> Sounds painful. <laughs> it's just a big engine. Sure. Uh, I don't know. Uh, um, so... Where, where's more trivia? I, I thought I had more trivia here. Turns out Lionel was buying info on the LexCorp board members. Yeah, there's a whole Lionel trying to wrestle control of LexCorp uh, from Lex because of those whole that whole board member situation from the end of season one. Mm-hmm. So, uh, join me and you'll, we'll rule the galaxy as father and son. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me just Okay, so uh, This episode was They originally wanted it to, to be uh, Dominic, so he was His character was there to possibly be the killer um, And John Schneider said he wished it wasn't Ethan He misses uh, uh, Mitchell Kosterman And uh, the writer, Mark Verheiden Says he wishes the reveal Of the killer was a little bit bigger Um Apparently in the original script When Clark finds out About Sheriff Ethan Ethan like grabs a nurse and holds a gun to her head 
uh, Mitchell said he cried when he discovered he was essentially being killed off, and uh, and he definitely didn't like that original version. Um, he said they, he likes the film version better because the theme was how good people could be pushed into doing dark things, and that seemed mm. more like it. So uh, this had a, uh, a comic sequel, <laughs> which I read for the podcast, called uh, Chimera. It was a uh, two-part story written by the same guy who wrote this episode, Mark Verheiden. And uh, <laughs> it's this whole like ridiculous situation. Dominic uh, finds an old classmate of Lex's who just so happens to have a grudge against Lex, too. And he just so happens to be a part of this acting troupe. So they set up this whole thing where they... He gets all his actor friends to pretend like they're FBI agents and uh, arrest Lex, and they bring him to this whole warehouse thing, uh, and it's and basically a, a attempt to get Lex's uh, bank account password out of him, so they could steal all his money, <laughs> and uh, he he gets saved by Clark, and they realize that the whole like thing was like a, a movie set that they had Lex in, and uh, Lex. Thinks it's Lionel uh, that set the whole thing up, so he goes to Lionel's bedside with a gun and everything, and uh, and then we find out in the next uh, comic that uh, Dominic set it up because he not only wanted to rob Lex of everything, but he wanted him to murder his own father, uh, it, you know, so to get kind of revenge of being kind of cut out and have Lionel ends up ended up preferring Lex in the end anyway. And uh, the end of the issue is just Dominic getting thrown out of a moving limo by Lex. <laughs> and <laughs> just so you know, we never see Dominic ever again. Jason Connery is gone, gone, gone. So they uh-huh. they kind of wrote this up, wrote the comic to kind of say, what happened to Dominic? It's kind of a ridiculous thing, though. <laughs> okay. It was like an old episode of Mission Impossible almost, you know. Uh, and Mitchell Kosterman is also gone, gone, gone from the show. Aww. Never see Sheriff Ethan ever again. Gone to prison. Uh, and I don't have any needle drops for this episode, and we've talked about it way too long. Yeah, I mean, it was it was good to have you know more Jonathan. Yeah, a Jonathan centric episode. Yeah, definitely. Shall we talk Sarah about? Bell. Shut up! Did Siri just say Shut Smallville? <laughs> yeah, but but she says Smallville. Smallville. <laughs> why is she Why is she talking about Smallville? Because my my because I'm I'm looking it up on IMDb because my iPad talks and I can't turn that off and my basically Apple makes it where you have to buy new stuff. It's obsolete. It's been deemed obsolete. There's got to be a way to turn that off. No, I've tried everything. <laughs> Listeners, <laughs> please please tweet Steph at Steph Smith I've, and tell her how to turn it off. I've tr- I know. I've tried. I've tried to turn it off. I've tried connecting my iPad to iTunes. I have tried to download the latest software. It is. It will not download. Mm-hmm. The the software is not available for this iPad. This iPad is obsolete. Mm-hmm. It's cracked anyway. Anyway, let's talk about a fun episode to talk about. Let's talk about Gosh. the best episode. 
Rush. Oh my gosh. Okay, when I saw that red kryptonite, <laughs> like my whole body vibrated. I was like, oh my god. We couldn't rate to that. So much. <laughs> <laughs> Are we couldn't rate to that. Bad Clark. Bad Clark. Did you watch bad the promo Clark. for this? No, I did not. Oh yeah, I posted the promos. Um, uh, so after the success of Red. Uh, the, net, uh-huh. the network were like was like, oh, we have to have another Red Meteor Rock episode. <laughs> uh, the showrunners were like, come on, we just we just did it, and there's not really a reason. Like, we don't have like a theme or anything to to do it. So they came up with the idea that it would be like Clark got roofied, like someone slipped something in in his drink, <laughs> and the, they were like, all right, we'll do it. But we will only do it for one act of an episode. We won't just base an entire episode about. Cl- yeah, Clark I and- think it was that was good. It was a good idea. So because it wasn't the yeah. If okay, it's, it's funny though because go to our group uh, after this and watch the promo for the episode because it literally is just like bad Clark is back, you know, and, <laughs> and they show like every one of like Clark being evil lines, and it's like whoa, like there's barely anything about. Like the caves or Pete and Chloe acting crazy, uh, uh, nothing like that. It's all about Bad Clark. You know, come watch this show. Bad Clark is back. I should have looked the ratings up for it, but uh, well, let me tell you, girls like a bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, bad this boys is, are hot. This is the one where Pete, Chloe, and Clark go crazy, and Bad Clark is back. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, our guest star in this episode is Rob LaBelle, who plays Dr. Frederick Walden. He is a Vancouver character actor who is in everything. Uh, most notably for me, an episode of X-Files called Ghost in the Machine. He plays like a tortured genius. Oh, yeah. His building is alive. <laughs> um, so yeah, the, the, the Smallville teens decide to throw a rave in the cave. Rave in the cave. <laughs> and I noticed, like, Chloe going into this cave is grinning so hard. She looks like she's on ecstasy already, or she's already been bitten. And I wrote, Allison must be so happy to get more work to do in an episode, <laughs> rather than, I'm putting together these headlines, Clark. Yeah, move, I'm moving these papers around at the torch. Yeah. Oh, I just found out some exposition for you, Clark. <laughs> uh, but it was a little weird because, you know, back in Skinwalker, if you, if you didn't realize i mean chloe was actually one of the big parts of the save the cave campaign and it's a little weird that she's like oh pete take it easy it's just it's just a party you know at least i'm I'm glad at least pete cares about it well and then also um they mention um kyla oh clark's kind of he's pretty messed up about kyla yeah Yeah. she died in his arms yes Uh, but I do like Chloe uh, saying that she, you know hitting them where it hurts by telling these people like don't don't lean on the cave paintings like you're, it'll like, mess up your clothes. Clay doesn't wash out. So this whole thing with uh, Travis who like takes a shot at Chloe and um, jumps off the scaffolding, it's just so funny. Pete was worried about the cave draw the cave paintings being rubbed off or whatever, but like during this part where. Uh, uh, you know, Travis is getting everybody's attention. Pete 
like goes ahead and leans against the wall anyway, and that's how he gets bit. But it's like, of course, he has to lean against the wall to get bit. But it's just funny that they're just talking about uh, <laughs> like getting yeah, people but off the wall. Not a- there's not enough – there's not a lot of room there in those caves. That's yeah. what, the way I was looking at it. So uh, there's – I do like the um, the call-outs of the episode title. Like Pete is now on his dirt bike on the sidewalk and he's like, I'm doing it for the rush. And the, <laughs> the tail end sign actually says, Espresso, your morning rush. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and how – Pete like drives down the str- drives down the sidewalk and like a lady like a cl- you know, classic thing where she like drops all her groceries all over the place <laughs> and Clark is like asking Pete like what's going on with you you know you got to be careful yada 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 meanwhile there's this poor lady like slowly picking up her groceries in the background <laughs> and I'm like Clark it's like it's like when Lana drops dropped her books in the middle of the hallway <laughs> when she goes after Whitney it's like Clark you're just gonna just gonna let, gonna let that lady pick up her groceries by herself. Yeah, like, but Clark should have grabbed uh, Pete and took him to the hospital. I know Pete was there was a lot of I'm gonna tell your secret, <laughs> but he should have just grabbed him anyway and took him to the hospital. Yeah. That uh, uh, <laughs> I like the part he he's an alien. He's an alien. <laughs> Nobody listened to him. He was he was hysterical. Yeah, Algo said this was their Reefer Madness episode, <laughs> and they just kind of it, they they wanted to combine something with uh, you know a little bit more cave exploration, and so they made like this Reefer Madness thing and had this, these parasites in there. So I like that. Like off off camera, like all the parasites get killed, and yeah, you see one of them. They look nasty. Um, yeah, well, Clark explains. Oh, well, maybe it just burrowed its way out. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. Oh, Chloe tells the doctor that he's a cunning linguist. <laughs> <laughs> On the WB. I know, right? And then she tells him to kiss her ass, like. Right yes. <laughs> oh, she's so bad. She said, "Kiss my ass." <laughs> um. Yeah, before before Chloe gets bit though, like I, it's like I want Lana and Chloe to be friends, but it's like I I I'm, I think they have a hard time being friends with Clark because so so Clark asks uh, Lana on a date and Lana- finally oh that was so adorable it was so adorable how they were so bashful and so <laughs> you know just grinning and they didn't know what to say and yeah. Oh, it was so cute, and it's you know pushed on by uh, Pete telling her just go get her. You know what are you messing around? With? You know just go. Um, but then Lana tells Chloe about the date, and she's like, "Are we good?" And Chloe's like, "Oh yeah, we're good." Uh, but d- does it matter how I feel? <laughs> you know, it, it's kind of like you know, in one way you look at that and you're like, "Oh yeah, you're right. She should follow her heart. You know, she shouldn't like worry about." Someone else, but then it's also like she should worry about someone else. That's her friend. Yeah, and you can't expect Chloe to say, "Yeah, I have a problem with it." Don't go out with Clark. Yeah, she's Chloe can't say that. She's the person that went up to Clark. Is like, "Hey, we're gonna be, we can be friends, okay?" And Clark's like, "Okay." And she's like, "But I, did, <laughs> I, I was waiting for you to say no." Yeah. <laughs> um, 
So uh, it's just like it's so funny how she like kind of starts her reaction by like going no worries and being a good friend she could have just said no worries and let it like stand but instead she has to kind of slip a knife in and of course you know like later she's just all daggers um and it's just so funny how lana can completely forgive chloe later (laughs) but clark nope (laughs) yeah she she doesn't blame chloe she blames clark and oh my gosh with chloe and clark kissing it's kind of icky oh gosh really oh well, yeah, because you know that if he was in his right mind, he wouldn't be doing that. Uh, in the end, I'd say there's an attraction there. I, like they're letting like red kryptonite is, you know, no worries. Taking away the uh, inhibitions. Yeah. Um, yeah. And look, Chloe is acting. I'm sorry. She's acting pretty hot. That lollipop. Wow. Hey, girl. Oh my gosh! Yes, that and and taking his playing strip poker with imaginary <laughs> cards—that was pretty cute. And then taking his shirt off, and they're just all over each other in the coffee shop uh-huh. in the Talon. Oh my gosh! Yeah, she, he's they're like in the back walk seat, around the sc- making out hard. And Pete's like, oh, get him, get him, get him, Clark, get him. Hey, girl, hey guys, come on, calm down back there. You know, like, get a get a room, get a room. And so they, Chloe's like, I know what to do. They go to the Talon, and they're like, let's just like bang right here, <laughs> this Talon booth. Uh, it's set up like a, an Egyptian temple. Anyway, might as well uh, take care of the, enjoy the uh, arrangements, uh, <laughs> the way the place is decorated. Um, but, uh, yeah, Pete slips the red K into his pocket. So that's, uh, please tell me that red kryptonite comes back. <laughs> Come on. You can't just like have something as awesome as this to see and, and, and not have it come back. I mean, okay, Sadie, shut up. I can tell you this. Uh, I think they're a little bit more like. Let's hold back on it. Sadie, please. I can't remember that. Okay. So, okay. I am I'm, not speaking. I'm kind of, huh? I'm not speaking well tonight. <laughs> uh, I kind of equate this with Angelus. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like it makes me think about Angelus. Like, yeah, this is almost like, was, uh, you know, we go, we go through the Angelus arc, becoming one, becoming two happens. And then like the next season, Angel comes back and then he's in jealous again for like half an episode. It's like, Maybe you don't want to overuse it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You want it to be to retain its specialness. Uh-huh. Uh so how about when uh, uh, Bad Clark uh, has that um, discussion with Lex in the barn and is like a freaking complete bully to him? Yeah, like uh, <laughs> you ever heard of a telephone? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I only tell my secret to my friends. Yeah, and he's talking about his secret. Like, oh, he doesn't know, you know. I'm not going to tell him. Yep. Um. Oh, yeah. Greg Beeman's... Yeah. There, oh, God. Wait, and there was this whole, will Chloe forget about this once this is all over? Or will she yep. be be in on it, too? Yep. Uh, luckily, she did. She, she forgot mm-hmm. about it. <laughs> uh, Greg Beeman said it was, again, fun to have... Clark and Chloe making out, and remember I told you last 
last season I was like that they like they like to do this once a season, <laughs> or at least it, that's what they plotted out. They're like, oh, once a season we'll have Clark and Chloe like something happens. So it gives them. hope to the to the <laughs> Chloe and Clark shippers, right? And uh, yeah, Allison Mack had a lot of fun with this episode. Um, yeah, Craig Beeman said when uh, Red uh, Red Meter Rock uh, <laughs> Clark uh, kissed Lana, that was that was kind of like more of like a romantic. Uh, kind of kiss And that with Clark and Chloe was hot <laughs> <laughs> And you know She's like ripping his shirt off And straddling him That's kind of kind of hot Kind of hot but kind of Disturbing <laughs> <laughs> uh, To me it's Pretty much like oh Chloe <laughs> um, And just uh, uh, How uh how Chloe's like getting after Clark and also like giving a big middle finger to Cl- to Lana at the same time. Yeah. Um, and then she like tells Lana, she's like, "Oh, Clark told me everything. Like, there's no secrets. Uh, mm. Clark Clark doesn't have any secrets from her." Um, and uh, oh, Pete punching Clark out with a fistful of meteor rock, and then Lana dumping a bucket of water over his head. Uh, I think my favorite, like the most memorable part of this episode, though, is when Pete and Chloe are about to jump the gorge, and they're like, <laughs> "Who needs Clark to have fun?" And they're like, "Yeah, screw Clark!" <laughs> and they drive off the gorge and get caught by Clark, who says, "Joy rides over." So uh, that effect was achieved by suspending the car with uh, Sam Jones and Allison Mack in the car from a crane, and. Um, uh, lifting it slowly from where Clark is pretending to hold it, um, and then they just basically reverse the shot, so it looks like it's coming down, and he catches it. So, ah, uh, Greg Beeman said that Allison Mack was having the time of her life doing this like stunt, and apparently Sam Jones was like, uh, "Can can we get down anytime? <laughs> we done?" <laughs> uh. I like the at the end. Pete feels so guilty. Uh, the Kents just like surround him with love. Like you are still a part of this family, Pete. <laughs> Completely forgiven. Um, Lex finds out that the parasites might be alien because of uh, they were sent off the Cadmus Labs, which apparently is still working now. And uh, Clark does not get forgiven yet again. <laughs> That's all I really have here. Do you have something else you want to mention? You seem to be falling asleep over there. I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> uh, I mean, the highlights was Clark finally asked Lana out. Mm-hmm. You know something <laughs> is going to go wrong. Oh. What's going to go wrong? And he had to break the date because Pete was sick. <laughs> Pete comes and in then like, Pete comes in. I feel great. Yeah. And Lana's like, well, you must be lying. Yep. Clark must be lying because, yeah, that was sad. And um, I wish I could. I mean, if I had more time to work on this particular podcast, like I would make a note of all the different times that Clark does. Clark like, lets irreparable harm to that relationship. It's just to me, you know, like I understand Clark's reasoning for not telling her. But I also, yeah. Like, I'm like, I mean, oh. I think that they handled it pretty well. Of, 
it's never said that Clark can't tell Lana his secret, but the whole time you're thinking, Clark, just tell her your secret. Just tell her your secret. I know you can't do it. You you're not you can't put her in danger like yeah. Pete's been put in danger. You can't tell her, but just tell her because she'll understand and then things will be just fine if you just tell her. Right. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> and again, this is also a reflection of this episode is a reflection of what somebody could somebody could do some real damage with knowing Clark's secret. Because because Pete knew how he could hurt Clark. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Lana's Lana's like saying that he was kissing Chloe back and uh, throws a rose in the trash, which is funny because in the next episode you see the rose is still there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a great episode. It, it definitely is. It's a lot of fun. It really is a lot of fun. Uh, best needle drops of the episode is uh, we got uh, the rave playing the BT song called Never Come Back Down. Even though Chloe says a little Moby won't hurt anything, it, it's actually BT that's playing. <laughs> AM radio, a band I've never heard of, uh, sings a song called uh, I Just Want to Be Loved um, when Chloe's like making out with some dude in the torch. And of course, Sixpence, None the Richer, doing their cover of Don't Dream It's Over. Oh, yeah. At the end. Yeah. All right, let's push through Prodigal. The one where Lucas Luther returns, plays by, played by Paul Wazalewski. <laughs> <laughs> Who? <laughs> yeah, it seems I was looking at his IMDb. I, he went by Wazalewski until 2005. Hmm. So, and he looks so different. Like I don't know what, how he. He looks different, but exactly the same. I don't know. It's weird. yeah. I, I was thinking to myself. Wow, he looks. It looks like Stefan Salvatore. Stefan is it Stefan or Stephon? yeah, he's Stefan. Stefan Salvatore is like on Smallville because he's wearing like the white t-shirt and the jacket. You know, he looks very much like the vampire. He's got yeah, his hair pretty hair much the same. Like, yeah, yeah. He's got his hair in perfect angel formation. Uh, <laughs> um, and he, you know, he does some action in here. Um, I thought he was pretty good. I. I remember I enjoyed him. Yeah, I remember not liking him when I didn't know who he was, but I guess seeing him on the Vampire Diaries, I, I appreciated him more in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, did you know Paul Wesley was going to be on this show? No, I had no idea. <laughs> so were you like, holy shit? When I went back and watched it, you know, when I I saw that it was oh oh no, because he's in the teaser. He's yeah. in the teaser. The Chinese. The gambling, the blah blah uh, blah, and then then the credits when it was like guest stars, Paul Wazalowski. I'm like, who? But <laughs> <laughs> uh, were you? What was your, your your reaction when you saw him sitting there playing cards? Did you recognize him immediately? Oh, or? oh yeah, immediately. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. See, sometimes I wish I could watch with you for for moments like that. <laughs> like, what the? F- <laughs> yeah, I did tell you, a big uh, one of the stars of a WB show is going to be on here. Um, uh oh, so he like fights his way out, of course, betraying uh, his partner there, and he does this stunt, or the stunt guy at least does this stunt where he like jumps headfirst down a, a flight of stairs, and then the camera flicks over and he's standing there. <laughs> it looks like he'd be landing right on his face. I don't know. Uh, pan flutes are plenty in these. Uh, <laughs> these oh. Uh- 
What is it? Uh, the pan pipes is xenophobia, as we used to xenophobia, say. Xenophobia, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which, I don't know. It's it's. I, I was thinking about that, you know, watching this episode. And I'm watching The Defenders. And I know Luke Cage, like, every single... Uh, during Luke Cage, the soundtrack was very much like rap and whatever. But it's so much more, like, weird, weirder when... We like every time you cut to Luke Cage in the Defenders, it's the rap soundtrack. It's like I know the rap soundtrack is a part of his show, but it's also like almost to me like another pan pipes of xenophobia where uh-huh. you have to have the music matching the I don't know, it's like you want to have some sort of like we're in the we're in the we're in Chinatown, so we have to play it a like all sorts of air of mystery going on here like oh the chinese uh so i don't know it's just funny because it happens in the teaser and then when dirk shows back up again with his motorcycle and his uzi they fire back up again it's like dude come on guys (laughs) it's like lazy it's like oh the composer made three sets of themes (laughs) and this is what we're using yeah well you know this is mark snow (laughs) same (laughs) same same composer uh one of the guards in the club is played played by uh daryl kwan who played luda i don't know if you remember luda from iZombie. he was like the obnoxious uh uh henchman that uh worked for blaine with julian alex bonovic he was. I don't know. Uh, he, I do not remember. He ended him. up getting like uh, shot. I think. Um, yeah, I just thought it was funny because he's playing a security guard in this episode, and he played a bouncer at Club Zero. So it's like, oh, this guy got a new job. <laughs> uh, so we know this episode pretty much takes place like the day after Rush. Because the rose is still in the garbage and it looks still kind of fresh. So it's like the very next day. And the nerve of Clark Kent to show up in the Talon the very next day and be like, hey, uh, so we good? Uh, I want a job. Mm-hmm. Can I work with you? Do you want to work with me? <laughs> Lana, I, I, I have to give it to Lana for being like courteous and... Like having a night's sleep and being a little nicer, but still not interested in working with him. Like, yeah, you can work at a uh, Hanks or whatever. So. Yeah, but it kind of it is his. Um, it does run true to his character because Clark is kind of a flake. He flakes out. He's <laughs> he's not. He's never on time. Yeah. Uh, if something comes up that distracts him, he's gone. He's out of there. Uh-huh. So just like. His first day on the job. Why, oh, why did he need a job anyway? Was that ever? Uh, you addressed? know what? I thought I missed something. I thought I missed something. <laughs> like there was some sort was of like, hey, like, I need the, a job. The farm or whatever. My, I don't want my mom working with Lionel or something. Mm-hmm. But whatever happened to that plot anyway? <laughs> like, is Martha like like I said? Like they say at the beginning, Lionel says something about but on the phone to somebody about Martha not working with them, or I don't know. Uh, there is a deleted. Uh, I forgot to mention. We forgot to mention that Lex saves Lucas from being killed. Um, and there's actually a deleted scene where Lex brings Lucas to the Luther Mansion before he brings him over to meet Lionel, and like tells him about Lionel and tells him about Rachel Dunleavy. 
and we find out that Rachel is now currently in the Metropolis Sanitarium. <laughs> um, so I guess they decided. Wait, who? Rachel Dunleavy, the Lucas's mother. Oh. Blair Brown. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> Lineage. Remember? Yes. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, they go right to Luther Corp. Lionel is very happy. And uh, the sword, by the way, is indeed a fake. It's actually a replica of uh, Duncan McLeod's sword from the Highlander TV show. <laughs> so Lionel must be a fan. <laughs> yeah, I was reading that. And then uh, there's a goof. When Lucas returns Lionel's samurai sword to the rack, it does, he doesn't place it correctly, causing it to almost fall off. However, when Lucas leaves the room, you can see the samurai sword is placed correctly on the rack. Nice Who cares? Yeah, that's why I didn't write it down. Uh, <laughs> let me guide you through all the trivia and goofs. I, I get all the good stuff. Uh, okay. <laughs> I trust you. Um, la, 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 la. Oh, uh, I wrote down, hey, Lucas, you want to shoot some hoops while the main characters talk? <laughs> Which should be a Pete line. <laughs> and then just the weirdness of Lex being like, hey, I'm going to head back into town. Uh I know I just saved you from Edge City, brought you over to Metropolis, which is three hours away from here, and then brought you back to Smallville. Could I just leave you on this barn? Uh, yeah. You, you stay here and play play with my friends. I'll be back there. And we're like brothers, by the way, so don't be jealous. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They have that really intense basketball game mm-hmm. where uh, Lucas gets hurt because he bumps into Clark, and Clark's like, Yeah. You're right. And there is a discussion of like, oh, what would it be like if Lex was raised by your parents or you were raised by Lionel? And uh, I just want to say, hmm. And that's all I'll say. Wait, is that an upcoming episode? I'm not saying anything. Is Clark going to get mad at his parents and go live with Lionel? <laughs> uh by the time anything happens, you will completely have forgotten that I've said. Hmm. <laughs> so this is foreshadowing. Uh, it's more like a. F- f- it's funny that that line is there. Hmm. I'm not sure. If I, I just. I just thought it. it was more playing on you know that uh, that Clark and Lex are alike and were just raised by two totally different kinds of people and yeah. that's how they turn out. Uh, so different. So, yeah, Lex has to milk out the stalls because his father kicked him out of the mansion. He's <laughs> taking over uh, Lex Now, Corp. this is pretty interesting. Like, where would Lex go? Where would you go if you get kicked, like, disinherited from your huh? Like, where would Lex? Yeah, like, Lex is penniless. Yeah. He has no plan. Where would he go? He got to go to his, his brother's house. <laughs> I guess. It's just weird. Like, Lex has zero money? Really? <laughs> like, no money at all. Well, don't you remember he used his um, the money for uh, he had to buy the uh, he uh, what am I trying to say he had to use his uh, inherit his um, oh yeah his share of the inheritance yeah his share to buy out the the to keep those people in their job. Mm-hmm. So, what were you thinking when uh, Lucas threw that pool ball at Lionel? <laughs> <gasps> oh, that was great. <laughs> I was totally surprised. I wish I had some sort of trivia on that or something, but it's like 
I don't know what the heck they were thinking. They were just, I, I don't know if the showrunners were like, yeah, tired of Lionel being blind. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, what it seemed just, like. It was like, we need to just uh, get past this blind. We've, we've, we've milked this for all it's worth. Yeah. So it'd be like better if like, Lionel was faking it the entire time because that's so Lionel, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that works. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it is like Lionel to use anything to his advantage. Yeah. But then again, it's not like Lionel to be the victim and to be, uh, to show any weakness. Right. So he says it's been a couple weeks. He didn't show up during Rush, so – and I just – and suspect he gets shot, and I, I would think that he would – Well, see, that's what I was thinking, that he came back after, while he was in the hospital recovering from the gunshot one. Which is weird. Yeah. Have you ever seen the movie Johnny Dangerously? Yeah. That, uh, Michael Keaton? Yeah. It was like that's the, the recurring uh, little g- gag where uh, Ray Walston or Waston – uh, he's like standing on the side of the street and he's blind and he gets like someone just like throws like a whole stack of newspapers off a truck to the sidewalk yeah. hits him in the head and he's like oh my god I can see I can see I can't hear anything <laughs> I can't hear and then he gets hit later and he's like oh, I can hear again yay oh, I'm gonna live this music I can't see <laughs> it's just it's what it makes me think of I don't know. It's weird because, you know, Lionel is shot in Suspect. Uh, does he? I mean, Lionel and Lex talk. Um, and uh, I don't I don't know. It, it does, is Lionel like in a like unconscious the entire episode? Because I, I know he ends up talking about like Lex ends up scolding him about what happened to push Sheriff Ethan into trying mm-hmm. to murder him. Um, but uh and then, like, ends up, and then Lionel ends up, like, saying, Oh, this whole thing is your fault. <laughs> Join me, you know? <laughs> but, like, I just, where did he, he had to have gotten his sight back, like, while everybody was distracted with Pete and Chloe going crazy, I guess. I don't know. Must have been. <sighs> and then also, you know, like with most television shows, the time is. Liquid, like you don't. Maybe a lot of time has passed yeah. between episodes. Maybe just like no time has passed, like with the uh, rose in the garbage can. So yeah, it's just Weird. however it's convenient. Weird. Um, yeah, I, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna. Head. And how long it takes for ravens to fly? The <laughs> <laughs> bigger game of thrones have come up. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna head candidate and say that there was like a week or so between suspect and rush, and that way he was recovering. Yeah. In the background or whatever, and he wasn't a part of the plot. Um. Okay. Yeah, the Dirk shooting the Uzis. They had to plot out how Clark was going to take down each bullet in the space provided. And in the end, he um, Matt Beck, who is from Entity FX, uh, says that uh, it probably would have taken about four alleyways to pull off that stunt in real time. <laughs> like mm-hmm. like it, it, the amount of running he does. Um, so they kind of cheated that. But the cool effect was taking bullets out of the sky. And, uh, yeah, just Clark's getting better. <laughs> um, 
I love that Jonathan finally admits, like, Lex, you are a great farmer. <laughs> you would have been great. And then he gets immediately knocked out by Lucas. So, uh, Greg Beeman says uh, he loved having these performances from John Glover and Michael Rosenbaum at the center of the episode. But he really had some trouble following the different machinations that led up to the scene where Lex and Lucas... Uh, Lex reveals that he and Lucas had been in, in on it together. Um, I, I'm okay with it. <laughs> I was surprised. He's like, I tried doing some interest, basically some interesting stuff with the camera to keep the audience's mind off of thinking too hard about it. <laughs> no, because I mean, Lucas is a psycho sociopath, yeah. psychopath, sociopath. Yes, he is, but he also, I mean, I buy it. I mean, I don't and, – and another thing, I really don't care about the particulars of this whole Lionel Lex thing. Give me the character moments. Yeah. I don't care about the, the details of what is going on. Right, just right. How, just how does it come out in their character? Yeah. I'm definitely not interested in shares in the company or nah. uh, the how company many people are on general. the board or any of that stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm definitely interested in – um, the Cain and Abel, yes. The prodigal son, the how they relating talk things about. to stories from ancient history, yeah. <laughs> literature, the frog and the scorpion. Even that's that's good. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I don't know. Go get some. Go get some uh, notebooks. <laughs> yeah. Go right now. Go immediately. Oh, I thought that was your uh, advice for me. Sorry. Go, just go get notebooks. We need notebooks. Just, I just need one. Sorry. <laughs> Steph is preparing for college in the morning, and I I'm going edit. to school. Yay! <laughs> and I'm keeping you up late uh, talking about Smallville. I apologize. Ah, oh, that's okay. Uh, so I don't know what else to say about this episode. Um, Lionel knows something <laughs> fishy was I like going how on. Wesley. How Paul Wesley Wuka Wojohowicz, whatever his name is, held, held the gun sideways because he's cool. <laughs> yep. Do you want to know if we see him again? Do what? Do you want to know if we see him again? Do I want to know if we see him again? Yeah. I bet we never see him again. <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have a, something that says page 73, so I guess I didn't want to write this down. Uh, oh, yeah. Um Two things. Kristen Crook remembers uh, that Tom and Allison had to serve coffee at the talent. I'm a klutz, but they were terrible. Coffee spilled everywhere. It made me feel a lot better. Uh, <laughs> uh, but this is actually a turning point behind the scenes. Also, um, Greg Beeman says this is the this is the moment I noticed Tom Welling became a leader behind the scenes as well as being the lead of the show, which is the best thing for a series. If the series is led but if the series lead is a selfish, self-involved person, it really is a disaster. We ran out of time shooting the basketball scene when Lucas comes in and plays with Clark and Pete. I had an hour and a half to shoot the scene and Tom just stepped up. He pulled the actors together, told them what he was going to do, and in a matter of 10 minutes he had choreographed the the whole scene. Tom was almost like a quarterback on the fly, making it up. Even as a director, I wasn't in a position to make that scene happen in the time frame, unless Tom did exactly what he did. He might have already he might already have become it, but that was the moment when I noticed Tom became the leader behind the scenes. Oh, good for him. So, so. 
He was probably like, I'm ready to go home. <laughs> it takes an hour to get to this farm. I just got married <laughs> recently. <laughs> I want to go home. Yeah. But it, you know, it's, do this. it's cool because, you know, by the by like the last season, he's like the executive producer behind the show, like Tom Welling. Um, you know. Really? Yeah. So he gets more into production. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's he even directs some episodes in the future. I think at least one. Um yeah. So uh Best Needle Drops, Flaming Lips, Fight Test. It's a good song. Plays at the end when Lex and Clark are talking about how um, the Luthers may try to rule the world, but his family is going. The Kents will be the ones that inherit the earth. Oh yeah, because the meek inherit the earth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Lex says, "My dad may want to rule the earth, but your parents will inherit the earth." That's yeah, sweet. Yeah. Anything else? Yay, Paul Wesley. Good to see him. Uh, yeah. I, uh, that was very interesting. It was a good episode. Uh, the you know the action scenes were. I, I was like, "Where are they filming this Chinese <laughs> section? You know, where on what set is? Did they borrow a set? Did they build this set?" Yeah, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> Somewhere in Vancouver. Because <laughs> I mean, that looked expensive. Huh. Not that they, they had must a lot have of filmed room. on location. Then it must have been like a Chinatown part of the. I, I think I remember when I used to do. X-Files episodes, I remember there being like a Chinatown section that they'd use or something something like that. Yeah, but it kind of looked like a set because it was so shiny and bright. Hmm. The bright colors, like it didn't look gritty like real life. It looked like s- polished Yeah, I don't know. Uh, studio. I don't know. I don't see anything in my book here about it. So. All right. So, what's next? Oh well, first we have to figure out what was the episode of the week. Oh, definitely. um, Rush. Rush. (laughs) Sorry. Well, my vote is for insurgents, so I guess we're gonna have to disagree. Smellville. (laughs) Smellville. (laughs) Damn you, (laughs) Siri. All right, so I'm gonna read you episode titles, and then I will tell you the teases. Okay. Okay. Because that, that's... Uh, I, I, uh, okay. Fever is the first one. Fever. Okay. No guesses? You just say okay now. Somebody's hot. <laughs> they got a fever. They're sick. I don't know. All right. Uh, the next episode is Rosetta. That has to do with language or speaking or something. Maybe somebody like speaks something and causes somebody to do something bad. Oh, like a different language, <laughs> like the bad language. Lots of Fs in that language. Uh, the bad language. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, visitor. Oh, visitor. Is it somebody from Krypton? What's a Krypton? <laughs> Is it somebody from outer space? Is it... Somebody from is it somebody from Metropolis or oh. Edge City? Somebody or? is definitely visiting. Okay, <laughs> it's a really boring episode. The Kents have like a, like a, a, an estranged uh, a, a brother of Jonathan's ends up staying at the farm, and it's just like this long family drama <laughs> has no superpowers in it at all. Anyway, um, and the last episode is Precipice. 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 Yes, sir. What does that mean? It's, you're on the precipice of something. Yeah. 
know. All right, here are your teases. Uh, the Smallville soundtrack product placement is coming, and it's going to be very blatant. So I just want you to have a giggle when it happens. <laughs> okay. Uh, the next one is Clark is sued. <laughs> Clark is sued? Yes. <laughs> uh, another one is Lex loses his cool. Lex loses his cool. <laughs> okay. Uh, Martha's secrets are revealed. Why did what? What did Ryan know? Why did she hide the key? You will find out. Oh wow! Yep. Oh, I didn't know those two things were related. Oh, I didn't say they're related. I'm just saying they're revealed. Um, a uh, another top ten episode for me will be uh, one of these batch. Um, one of the best guest stars Smallville will ever have uh, shows up and a major character dies. Bum, bum, what? Bum. No. <laughs> a major character dies. Yep. You want to call it? Well, it can't be anybody in the credits. <laughs> uh, are you sure? <laughs> Wow, I don't know Mind blown Anyway Definitely, let's go watch I've got two commentaries to uh, And uh, one of them will include uh, Tom Welling, Kristen Crook, Michael Rosenbaum, Greg Beeman, and James Marshall So uh, if you're a friend of ours in the Facebook group That'll probably pop up if I remember to record it But like the last one, it'll be a very limited time uh, only Steph, obviously I will send it to you uh, uh, as soon as I get it. <laughs> so, okay, thank you. You're welcome. But I have two commentaries again this week, so hopefully uh, we might not be getting together so quickly. <laughs> yeah, well, you know I have Dragon Con, so that's right. So we'll probably meet up after Dragon Con, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay, I'll see you guys. We'll see you guys next time after Dragon Con. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.